The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Make Life Work, the show that explores people and culture and shares some ideas on how to improve both. Your host is Kathy Ellis, and she will entertain you and share insights on how to make life work. Now, here's Kathy Ellis. Hi, this is Kathy at Make Life Work. It is Monday, August 1st. Oh my goodness, August 1st already. Today we're gonna I'm gonna review a little bit from last week. Remember the theme, the basic theme here is about individual individuation and autonomy where people can develop into their own person. And today I'm gonna talk about parenting styles, which will impact, you know, how kids grow and learn, obviously. But ultimately remember everything's gonna come back down to am I raising my child to be an independent thinker? Or am I raising my child to be another sheep and follow the madding crowd? Am I raising my child to be an effective, complete adult? That's the goal, isn't it? To raise children into healthy, happy, effective adults that contribute to their life and their community and their families. One thing I talked about last week was uh, living with young, living with children, <clears throat> ways to um, listen, ways to give consequences, and I want to come back to the listening. I did the presentation, I mentioned last week, I did the presentation at the International Food Blogging Conference in Sacramento this last weekend. It was fabulous. And again, if there's any food bloggers out there, you just want to know about this conference. These people are wonderful. And it's um, a conference full of people that are doing something different in their lives. They're taking a new turn. They're really trying to become independent be their own employee, employers, you know, having their own jobs and we're, um, being independent workers. They're trying to provide new information. Of course, it's all about food and travel and photography, but new information. They're trying to get people to think a little differently about food, for example. But in my presentation, which was titled Taste, Putting Flavor into Words, the thing I started with and I firmly believe this. If you want to be better at anything, of course, my presentation was on writing. If you want to be a better writer, but also if you want to be a better musician, better gardener, better builder, better, more effective parent, more effective spouse, even a a more effective adult child, we need to, to learn to listen. It all starts there. And today, unfortunately, people 
listen only in anticipation. They're anticipating when you're going to stop talking so they can interject. They're anticipating what you're going to say so they're not hearing you. They're waiting so they can push their own opinion or own statement or own thoughts into the mix and they're not hearing. I see this all the time. So it's important to learn to listen. And I've seen a lot of parents worry that if they take the time to listen to their children, they lose authority. And in fact, they gain authority. If my seven-year-old, I need to send, tell my seven-year-old to go clean his room, and he starts complaining to me about something, I can listen for a minute. It's not going to throw anything off. I'm not going to change my mind. He still needs to clean his room. Or if I'm giving a teenager a consequence, I can listen for a minute. They can tell me how unfair it is and how unreasonable I'm being. Chances are I set it all up ahead of time, though, so I'm not being unreasonable. But it's okay to listen. You can listen just for a minute and then maybe reflect back something you said. they said and then follow up with, but I still need you to clean your room. But you're still restricted this weekend or whatever it is you're doing. But you need to learn to listen. That is how we learn to calm our minds so we can actually get the information in there. When we learn to listen, when a child says, I hate you, we really actually hear what they're saying and hate isn't it. A child doesn't know what hate is. All they know is they're really, really, really angry and they don't know else any other way of saying it. You know, your six-year-old is not going to say, but excuse me, mom. You know, that's very frustrating how you're speaking to me and you already told me five times and I did clean my room the best I could and you're not giving me a chance. They're not going to say that. They're going to say, I hate you. And you can say, I know you're angry with me. I know you didn't like what I said, but I need you to listen, sweetie, and I need you to follow through. I can hear you're mad. You can say those things. You can say to a teenager, I know you don't agree with me. I can see you're frustrated. I rather you not, you know, an older child, you're going to tell them not to to say that. They've got to learn how not to say that. They're going to say it to a boss one day and get canned. Um, I do want to talk again a little bit about lying because it comes up a lot in the off my office. Parents, uh, many parents say to me, lying is the worst thing a child could do to them. And I can think of a dozen worse things immediately. The problem is people personalize it. The truth is everybody lies. Everybody. So we have this double standard. We don't we're okay with lying. Adults are okay with lying. White lies, little lies, it's okay. But it's not okay for children to lie. And that's silly. I may have used this example last week where I was telling a client this. And I was saying, you know, when you're on the phone and saying to a friend, I can't come for dinner because I have a headache and you don't, a child watching that sees that. And this one client said that happened last night. My friend called and I, in fact, said, I can't come over because I have a headache. I hung up and my daughter looked at me and said, you don't have a headache. (laughs) And so the mom got caught. You know, personally, I think it's okay to say to a friend, I'm sorry, I just don't, I'm really not feeling like coming over for dinner tonight. You know, I'm, I'm a little busier. I'm here with my daughter and I just want to, I just want to hang out at the house. I, that's perfectly okay. And if friends can't tolerate that kind of honesty, I'm not sure what's going on. But when your children see you lie and then 
you tell them not to lie, it really is a mixed message. I want to emphasize parents can sit down with their kids and say, this is the deal. Sweetie, everybody lies. It's not a good practice. There are, you know, less than serious lies and then very extreme serious lies. It's best to be honest. However, there are times in your life you're going to need, really need to lie. But you don't, but you can't lie to me, your parent. My job as your parent is to keep you safe. And if I don't have all the information, the good or the bad, I can't keep you safe. So when you do get in trouble, you need to tell me the truth. You know, we'll work through it. We'll get through it. Please don't tell your children, if you tell me the truth, the consequences will be less. That is never the case, and it's not real life. If you've ever been pulled over by an officer for speeding, did you ever say, yes, your office, yes, officer, I was speeding and expect them to not give you a ticket? Plus, I've generally, parents says that, and then the kid tells the truth, and then the parent jumps on them. So it was a contradiction anyway. You say you need to tell me the truth. The consequences will be what they are, and you will be able to get through them. That's what growing up is about. That's what being a big kid is about, and, and being mature, to be able to tolerate and take consequences for your behavior. But... You can't, so don't lie to me. My job is to keep you safe. So here's an example. Your 12-year-old takes a bus, and they sit on the bus stop every day at the same time. A 45-year-old or some adults, not targeting 45-year-olds, though it sounds like it, um, but some adult male, um, okay, I'm not targeting men, but generally speaking, there are more offenders than there are uh, um, male offenders than there are female offenders. Um, so uh, this man sits down at the bus stop and engages your 12-year-old in a conversation and says, oh, and so do you live around here? Oh, do you take this bus every day and do you live around here? I want you to instruct your children to lie. That is the time and an absolutely appropriate time to lie. No, I don't take the bus every day and I'm visiting my cousin. It is absolutely okay to lie at that point. First of all, it's a stranger they're speaking to. They owe that stranger nothing. They owe no honesty to that stranger. But you don't want an adult seeing your child on a park bench or a bus bench and then start to gather information and then show up the next day or a couple days later. Oh, hey, hi, Joey. Remember the other day we talked? You're, 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 you know, you live around here, right? Was it up that street? See the dangers in this? So we're going to take a break fairly soon, just in a few minutes, but I want to give a little review. We're going to talk about four parenting styles. These are styles that are largely accepted. They've been uh, researched since the, for about 50 years. And I can tell you, if I can pronounce the name, Baumrind. Baumrind, B-A-U-M-R-I-N-D, and you can go to my Facebook page or my website, well, my Facebook page, and I'll have linked some articles to there. This is the person that's done a lot of this research and has come up with the four parenting styles, again, uh, largely accepted. There is the indulgent parent, also referred to as permissive or non-directive. 
there is the authorita- authoritarian parent, which is highly demanding and directive, but not very responsive. The authoritative parent is both demanding and responsive. And the term demanding here is really used more in terms of research. I know it has a bad connotation for most of us, but think in terms of expectation. So the authoritative parent has both expectations and is responsive. And then there is the uninvolved parent who is both low in responsiveness and demandingness or has expectations. They are often perceived as rejecting, negligent, and um, neglectful to the child. So we're going to take a little break. Oh, no, I still have a couple minutes. So when we come back, though, I'm going to go back over these parenting styles and talk about how they how they uh, how you can can adjust yours if you are one of these and actually the truth is you everybody's a little bit of every a little bit all of all of them at different times so you want to look at a general theme or pattern that's always the case you want to look at a pattern not individual situations when parents tell me they missed an opportunity to uh, give a consequence and they actually feel bad about that missing that opportunity it kind of cracks me up because you know wait a day you'll have the opportunity the opportunity will present itself again so you don't worry about individual moments you want to look at a pervasive pattern and we can take a break now and now we'll be back in a minute your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. On It's Absolutely All About You, host Eileen Nunez bases her show on the forthcoming book of the same name. If you've been taught to hold your head high and keep your self-esteem in check, where do you go if you aren't yet achieving that goal? Each program is based on a chapter of the book, and comes from Eileen's many years of experience in order to help you find your inner peace. Listen for It's Absolutely All About You, live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Make Life Work with Kathy Ellis. Kathy would love to hear from you with any questions or comments you might have. Please send your emails by clicking the email host button on the Make Life Work show page. Now back to the show. Welcome back. I still, you know, you all know I'm still so new at this. This is my fifth my fifth show. And I have to tell you, every time they say you're back on, I get butterflies. My stomach does flips. This kind of cracks me up. <clears throat> so back to line and, and then we'll move on. Another thing that comes to mind is you actually don't want your children to be telling neighborhood parents or teachers all that goes on in your home. You don't want secrets Keeping secrets is not good. It's bad, and you can imagine why. So you don't want to ask your children to keep secrets, but you do want to teach them there's a time and a place to disclose information. I remember when I was little, my parents had had a fight, and I was down at the neighbor's house, where my, which who were my parents' friends. And I told the gal that my parents had a fight and she mentioned it to my mom and I didn't get in trouble, but I, they spoke, my mom spoke to me and, and, you know, really asked me not to go around saying that. This is really no one else's business at that point. And you don't want your children to go to school, you know, and talk about what's going on in the house, like. If a parent drinks, you don't want your child going home and saying my parent or even has two glasses of wine and the child doesn't really understand that. Excuse me, because they really are indoctrinated now to see the parents drink have one beer or one glass of wine and assume they're alcoholic. You don't want them going to school and talking about that stuff. So you see, that stuff we keep at home. Now, you know, if it's something you need, let's say you're, you you think your child needs to talk to somebody because they just need a third party, then maybe it could be an auntie or an uncle or one of your dear friends or send them to counseling. And if you're religious, there's a pastor or a priest or a religious consultant that could offer a child an ear, lend them an ear. Let's go to parenting styles. So parenting, as any parent out there knows, is hard. Excuse me, it's just hard. It's complex. There's so many components to it. And then, of course, most parents come with a bundle of guilt. I think guilt is a requirement of being a parent, apparently. And before I continue, I do want to put out a little disclaimer. I don't have children. I ha- I have some. I had foster kids, but they came to me when they were teenagers. And that was a challenge. And I'd have four girls at once, two to four girls at once. And I have my foster daughter Jenny. Hey Jenny, love you, sweetie. And um, she and I are very tight and close today. But I didn't raise children. Not you know nobody from baby on up. In my career, when I first started out, you know, I am a specialist in child development. I have that. I had that starting out. Um, There were very few, by the way, but a couple parents challenged me and said, what do you know you don't have children? Well, today, after 35 plus years in the field, what what I know that means is they don't want the information. 
that they want to fight or buck up against an alternative way to doing what they're doing, which isn't effective. It's dismissive. You don't have children, so what do you know? Well, at this point, I have worked with over 2,000 children. I've been working with kids. That's my specialty. I have listened, and I didn't, I started my career with the information from the books in school, although I actually didn't read the books. I don't read well. Um, But, you know, I started with all the information I learned from school. But what I know today comes from watching, listening, and learning from my clients, from my child clients and my adult clients. I work with adults who were once children, and they talk about that, their childhood. They talk about the relationships today with their parents, how they developed to the relationship they have today. And I've listened to the children and parents. I have a wealth of information. And, and so you know, no one has challenged me in the last, I'd say, 25 years. People get it when, I, when they come in my office. They get it that I, I, I have the information. They also understand I'm there for them. I've, walked, I've worked with plenty of abusive parents, parents that were abusive, I should say. And I work with them. I have regard for them. They didn't, just, they didn't just pop out abusive. They grew that way. They learned that. Most parents who are mildly abusive, if there's such a thing, I'm not talking about extreme abuse. It's a different subject. Or mildly neglectful, you know, those things. They don't mean to be. They're, most parents, 99% of parents, love their children, and they want the best for their children. They just didn't have the, weren't taught the skills or some techniques. So let's talk about some techniques. Diana Baumrind, B-A-U-M-R-I-N-D, Baumrind, I'm not pronouncing that correctly, I'm sure, As I mentioned earlier, she's the one that has been really researching this, and her four parenting styles are largely accepted in the research field. And again, we're looking at pervasive patterns, not specific situations. And also with this four parenting styles, we have to rule out it, it is not including abusive practices. That's a different thing. So all else being equal, as they say, here are the four parenting styles. Where, where are they? The indulgent parent, also known as permissive or non-directive. Now, these parents are in tune with their children. They love their children. They care about their children. And s- s- some of them believe that letting their children just be and have and never say no to them is going to allow the children child to develop themselves the truth is for all these parenting styles by the way children are not born with a script on how to be human no mammal is born with a script on how to be human oh excuse me (laughs) on how to be that mammal (laughs) so clearly elephants aren't born with a script on how to be human (laughs) but they're also not born with a script on how to be an elephant the other elephants teach them. And they, and, then, and they all have very specific parenting styles themselves. You know, that lion bites his little baby on the bum 
or the ear because that baby bit it daddy lion too hard and he turns around he growls and maybe nips at him that lion doesn't go back to his wife and go god i feel so guilty you know joey bit me and on my tail and i had to spank him and i feel so bad other mammals don't feel guilt for parenting humans are the only ones and i wish i had a magic wand for all the parents out there who feel guilt for parenting their children. Just put it in a box and pack it away. Remorse and guilt are different. Guilt has no place in human nature. No one has stopped eating too much because of guilt. No one has stopped drugs because of guilt or alcohol or cigarettes because of guilt. No one has, a thief has never stopped thieving because of guilt. Guilt does nothing but make people feel really crappy about themselves. Remorse is different. I can feel feel remorse. If I give my child a consequence and they're sad and or angry, empathy, excuse me, I can empathize with them, but I can still hold to my consequence. So the indulgent parent... They just sort of let the kids run wild and they don't ever say no to them. Unfortunately, we don't gain self-esteem by hearing yes all the time. That does nothing for one's self-esteem. Being able to manage no, being able to tolerate limits and boundaries and restrictions. And that's where we learn our self-esteem in some other ways, of course, as well. I've worked with plenty of young adults who had very permissive parents. And when they got out on their own, it was a huge shock because the rest of the world doesn't bow down to them, doesn't give them whatever they want. The rest of the world sets limits and has boundaries. And I've had a lot of 20-year-olds, 18 to 20-year-olds, tell me they felt cheated by their parent because their parent didn't adequately tell them or teach them how to go out into the world. And it's such a struggle for them because at this point, at 20, it's fairly ingrained in them that they are entitled and they're confused why people aren't opening doors for them, why they're expecting to work. Then there's the authoritarian parent. They're highly demanding and directive, but not very responsive. They expect obedience without explanation. And I think there there are times you can set limits without explanation. There are times you should set limits and not explain why or give a consequence and not explain why at that moment. But these parents are consistently doing this. It's they will sort of dictate orders and the child is never allowed to speak up. These parents end up raising very opinionated people, people that are inflexible, people that don't listen. They can be a little devoid of empathy themselves. Their self-esteem is rattled, if at all, if they have one at all, because they were never given a chance to talk or think or discuss anything 
The authoritarian parent doesn't expect the notion that there's a democracy in a home. I'm not sure that a household should be a democracy either, but there needs to be a lot of flexibility. The parents are the authority, they are the boss, but the kids can have their input. Then there's the authoritative, the authoritative parent who are both demanding, and again, by demanding, I mean have expectations and responsive. They interact with their children. They provide clear standards and expectations. They have rules and limits. They give consequences. They're assertive but not intrusive or restrictive. When I started out saying you can listen to your child for a minute and then go ahead and follow through with whatever you need, the consequence or the request, that's an authoritative parent who can listen. And we're gonna go to a break here and I'll be back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for The Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Do you ever stop to question yourself? Is there more that you could be doing in your life to help you? How can you manifest real change in the world? The answers to these and other questions about ourselves lie in sustainability from within. Featuring host Silvelli Salviato, you can take the either-or and change it into both-and. If you want to make real changes in yourself, your life, and your world, you can't miss one show. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Make Life Work with Kathy Ellis. Kathy would love to hear from you with any questions or comments you might have. Please send your emails by clicking the email host button on the Make Life Work show page. Now back to the show. Hello, hello. And the announcer said something about if you have any questions, email me. That's through the week, too. You don't have to do it during the show. If you email me questions during the week, I'll bring them up on the on the show. I really would enjoy that. 
So we're talking about the authoritative parent who has both expectations and is responsive. When we go to that authoritarian parent, the very strict rule-based parenting really can affect the, the child's communication and affection, the affection between the parent and the child. Communication keeps us connected. It's really important that we have exchanges. As I've said, I think in every show now, ask your children what they think. What do you think about that? So let's say I give a restriction to a child today. I'm not going to discuss it today. I want them to take care of that restriction or consequence. Maybe another day I'm going to be in the car. We're going to be having a soda. Oh, no, 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 soda. Maybe ice cream, though. And I say, what do you think about the other day? Remember when I put you on restriction for whatever it is you did? What do you think about that? That's okay to do. It's not going to undermine your parenting at all. It's going to make the child think. And that's what we want, thinking children and thinking adults. Then there's the uninvolved parent. They are low in both responsiveness and demandingness. They have no expectations. I'm not sure what their thinking really is other than don't bother me, kid. Uh, But kids, children that grow up with uninvolved parents are lost. They often don't have much self-esteem when I see them as adults. They don't know what, what directions to go to. They don't have any structure in their lives or in their mind. Structure in the household develops structure in the mind, and we need that to function in the world. Uninvolved parents don't teach autonomy. Jeez, they don't teach independent living skills. They don't ask their children to think. They don't exercise their mind, the child's mind. It Again, it's basically about the parent and don't bug me kid there's a key difference between authoritarian and authoritative parenting in in the dimension of the psychological control both authoritarian and authoritative parents have place high demands on their child children and expect their children to behave appropriately and obey rules, and I think rules are there to obey. They're not there to be broken. I think that's nonsense. If you don't like the rules, get them changed, but don't screw them over. Rules are important. The the authoritarian parent expects their children to accept their judgments and values and goals without any questioning. But the authoritative parent, they're more open to give and take with their children and to make some decisions together or at least get them to think. So you have a set of chores or rules in your house and things aren't running very smoothly around those. You can sit your family down, say, let's talk about this. What do you think about these chores? You know, well, Sally hates doing these chores and Joey hates doing those chores. Well, why don't you switch? It's okay. It's okay to get feedback from the children. They have good ideas, by the way. And again, as I said before, and I will continue to say, humans want to contribute. They want to cooperate. That is what keeps them alive. It is in the deepest part of our oldest brain, the oldest part of our brain, to contribute and to cooperate. And in the today's parenting, we rob children too far too often of both of those things not giving them chores 
not giving them responsibilities. They're not able to contribute then. Not having a dialogue or, or conversations in communication teaches them to not cooperate. Uh, they, do, they do learn resentment. The, author- the authoritarian parent often, well, I have to tell you, the permissive parent, the authoritarian parent, and the, the uninvolved parent often breed resentment in their children. Remember, I've heard from the kids. I've heard these things. That's why I'm saying these things. I didn't read these from books. This is what I've heard from children and adults who have these types of parents. Let me go over something here real quick. So the authoritarian parent. There's a couple questions. I'm reading this from a, a some research so your teenager your teenage children have been asking you to go to a party at the home of a kid that they that you'd rather they not socialize with after you telling after telling them you don't want them to go they launch a full assault with tears and arguments and all their friends are going and you don't understand and you're the worst parents in the world you respond with one a Okay, fine, you can go, but don't expect me to help you get there. You have to find your own ride. B, you ground them for talking back to you and questioning your judgment. C, say, I want to sit down and talk. I want to sit down and talk and hear your comments, but I'm not going to change my mind as long as I feel the party isn't a safe place. Or D, realize they have a point. They should have been able to go to the party with all their friends. You even offer to take them to the party because you're concerned about their safety and you wait in a nearby cafe and pick them up at the end of the night. Are you the parent that chooses B? That would have been ground them for not talking back and questioning your judgment. Well, that would be an authoritarian parent. The authoritative parent would be D. They realize you realize they have a point and you would discuss it with them, but you're still going to keep your children safe. Remember, I've had kids tell me I don't need another friend. I need a parent. My parent doesn't love me because they never set limits. They let me do whatever I want. My parent doesn't love me because they buy me anything I ask for. Children are brilliant. They're very wise, and that child that is being indulged with gifts but not receiving the attention they need knows what's going on. They know their parents bind them or bind them off. Then there is this scenario. On a rainy day, your 11-year-old son begs you not to go to his track meet. He begs to not go to his track meet because it's rainy and he doesn't want to go. On one hand, it's not schoolwork. On the other hand, you've noticed that lately that your son is spending more time hanging out and not really being very productive with his time, saying he's too sick for school. You have some problems going on there. I'd be very careful about that. He's basically avoiding anything that requires uncomfortable effort. You say, A, it's up to you what you choose to do. Besides, it's only track. It's okay if once in a while you miss it. That's a permissive parent you offered to pick him up early from school and take him out for ice cream excuse me that would be my mother (laughs) 
<laughs> since you know he's been tired tired lately and he needs a break. Okay, I'm cracking up because my dad would go to work first and I had sometime oversleep. He was the one that woke me up in the morning. My mom had insomnia. And so he'd wake me up in the morning and sometimes I'd oversleep and my mom would get up and see me. And this is in grammar school. <clears throat> and she'd say, what are you doing here? And I might say, I didn't feel very good. She'd say, all right, get up. We're going to go to breakfast. So we'd go to breakfast and shopping. All right, now that's really not a good example. I mean, I mean, if she were like that all the time, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you with a few degrees and a career. So those were those were occasional situations. Consistency across the board was pretty much the theme in my home. But it cracks me up because because my mom was like that. And it was fun. And we would go and go have breakfast and I'd be with my mom and it was fun. All right. And then C, you say, I understand you don't want to go. And I know that you're feeling of not, I know that feeling of not doing something you don't want to do. But that's precisely why I want you to go. Sometimes we have to push ourselves. Sometimes we have to pull ourselves up by our little bootstraps and get stuff done. Excuse me. And then you can add, you know, it's only an hour. You'll get through it when you're done. Let's go get that ice cream. Or D, you say, you have to go. No ifs, ands, or buts. Conversation over. Well, that's the authoritarian approach. And um, the authoritative parent, of course, would say, C, I understand you don't want to go. I I know that feeling. Let's, you know, I'm going to take you. You got to get through it. And then we'll go get an ice cream. The authoritative parent is the one that really takes into consideration a number of things at once. They consider the child's feelings or frustration level. They consider their way of looking at things. Remember, they're children. They don't have the perspective we do. They can't. A 16-year-old can't think like I do. They can't. I'm 60. They don't have that life experience that, that I do. They don't, you, you say in front of a child, you say to your friend on the phone, oh, I'm so worried about the rent. I'm afraid our landlord's going to evict us. Well, you and your friend know that's not the end of the world, but a child that's never had that experience does not know that. That's why it's important not to say these things in front of kids. There are ways to implement, to change your parenting style without actually changing too much or stressing too much or you know, it's not like losing 50 pounds. It's a lot easier than that. Guaranteed. A lot easier than that. And it all really comes back down to listening. Parents need to learn to listen. And I don't mean just to the child. They need to learn to listen to themselves. Why do I have this parenting style? Why am I like this? Why do I respond to my child the same way every time? That's learning to listen. You need to look at where you developed these approaches it may sound like a stretch but it makes sense to me we need to learn to listen the authoritarian parent doesn't listen very well the uninvolved parent barely listens at all I think and the permissive parent while they listen they tend to really just listen to feelings they don't ask the children to think much and there are no expectations Well, there's that saying, you know, remember you're raising a grown-up, you're raising an adult, but I also want to add you're raising somebody's employee 
or a boss or a spouse. And it's a parent's job, really, they take it on, to raise children to be healthy, pretty well-balanced, you know, for the most part, adults who contribute to the marriage, who can follow instructions and directions from an employer, who listen to their friends and have equal exchange with their friends. If you look at social media today, social media is full of single-minded opinions. And it's silly because I don't think anybody's changing anybody's opinions. But people really aren't listening. They're reading subtitles or titles to an article and they don't read the article. They skim over something someone wrote and they miss completely what was written. You got to learn to listen. We can take a break and I'll be back in a minute. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Women in sport has come a long way in a reasonably short time. In the 1950s, most women's sport was casual, recreational competition, followed by snacks or a light lunch. Today, women's sport is competitive, powerful, and in the mainstream. Whether it's collegiate, Olympics, or professional leagues, tune in to Women and Sport The Long Road Up, where you'll discover the path that women's sport has taken over the past 50 years and more. Featuring your host, Carol A. Oglesby. Listen Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Empowerment. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You are listening to Make Life Work with Kathy Ellis. Kathy would love to hear from you with any questions or comments you might have. Please send your emails by clicking the email host button on the Make Life Work show page. Now back to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome back. I do want to let you know my webpage is up. It's still under construction. It's pretty sketchy, but I did get it published, so there's a way to contact me through there. It is makelifeworktoday.com. 
www.thelifeguidebook.com. Please visit. I have my coaching page on there if anybody's interested in family coaching, relationship. I am doing business coaching as well or just general life coaching. Please give me, please contact me and we could chat. Um, I will happily speak with someone on the phone of course at no charge to see if we're we would work well together and to find out what your concerns and issues are if i don't fit, feel like i could help or it would be a good match i'll make referrals i don't work with just anything i want to make sure it's going to be pr- productive for the people the clients and i'm going to put in a plug for my food blog because i just came from the food blogging conference CelticFarms.com. Please take a visit. It's fun. It's not about anything but food and photography. It's not about parenting or troubled children or anything. It's the other side of what I do that is full of color and flavor and positive stuff. So parenting style. We've the research has really been borne out consistently. The parent Parenting style can predict a child's well-being in the domains of social competence, academic performance, psychological development, and problem behavior. Let me repeat this. The research over 50 years has shown that if we look at a parent's style of parenting, we can pretty much say or predict the areas those children are going to have trouble with or have success with. Children and adolescents, children and teenagers, for example, whose parents are authoritative, rate themselves and are rated by objective measures as more socially and instrumentally competent This is authoritative, not authoritarian. So authoritative has the balance between expectations and responsiveness. So these children and teens rate themselves and are rated by others or by measures as socially and instrumentally competent than those parents from non-authoritative, than those whose parents are non-authoritative. Children and teens whose parents are uninvolved perform most poorly in all domains across the board. Think of feral cats or a feral dog. That, that's what we, what we end up with when we don't teach children anything, when we don't give them any guidance. In general, parental responsiveness predicts social competence and psychological function, functioning, while parental demandingness or expectations is associated with instrumental competence and behavioral control, for example, academic performance or deviance. Children and teens from authoritarian families, high in demandingness and low in responsiveness, tend to perform moderately well in school as one could imagine, and be uninvolved and be uninvolved in problem behavior. So these are the kids that are doing really, really well and never ever get in trouble because their parents are so strict and unresponsive, they're afraid. But they have poor social skills, lower self-esteem, and higher levels of depression. Children and teens from 
indulgent homes, high in responsiveness, low in expectations. And this is, I, I hate to say this to the parents that take this parenting style, do this parenting style, because I know so many permissive parents that are really trying to do their best. They think this is the right approach. But again, children need guidance. They need to be taught the script on what it is to be human. So children and teens from indulgent homes are more likely to be involved in problem behavior because they never had limits set. They don't know how to deal with limits. There are no things, such thing as limits to them. And they perform less well in school because they don't have the internal structure to stay focused, to follow through with assignments, to get their homework in, to study for tests, because there's nobody guiding them and helping them structure. You know, I'm sure some of you out there are this person, you know, the parent that made you play piano, providing they weren't really mean about it. You know, no rule, rulers over the knuckles. Um, but the parents that made you stay with an instrument and today you appreciate it. That's the parent that made the parent that made you stay with that instrument. If you appreciate that today, that parent was authoritative. They had the expectation that you were going to practice and follow through, but they also had the kindness and the empathy and the understanding and the responsiveness to balance that out. The authoritarian uh, authoritarian parent that insisted a child stay with an instrument, those children oftentimes resent it later and aren't happy with that instrument, playing that instrument. So children and teens from indulgent homes are more likely to be involved in problem behavior and perform less well in school. They have lower self-esteem. Oh, I'm sorry, wait. They problem behavior and perform less well in school, but they do have better social skills and they do have lower levels of depression. And boy, I hate to argue against 50 years of research, but I'm going to have to think about that one because I've worked with a lot of kids that came from permissive homes that are depressed. Perhaps it was something else and not not, uh, correlated to that. And again, it's consistency that you want. So some days you can be really flexible. Some days you can say, oh, I don't care. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Here's one. Let's think about drawing on the wall with crayons. The permissive parent says, here are the crayons. (laughs) Draw all you want. The authoritative, the authoritarian parent takes the crayons, yells at the kids, or is very strict and stern and breaks the the crayons or says, you can't ever have them back. The uninvolved parent says, yeah, whatever. And the authoritarian authoritative parent, the authoritative parent, the one with the balance, says, drawing on the walls isn't what we do in this household. Let's clean this up, and I'm going to get you some paper, and let's go outside and draw in the sunshine, and go draw draw with them a little bit, or give them some other alternative than drawing on the walls. Again, parent Parenting style predicts social competence, psychological functioning. Well, let me restate that. Parental responsiveness predicts social competence and psychological functioning, while parental 
demandingness or expectations is associated with instrumental competence and behavioral control. This is really, this This could be a semester class, I think it is somewhere. So I'm probably going to bring this up again, again next week and go over, continue with this, with this subject. If you have any questions during the week or comments, please email me. I'd really, really love to get those and I can bring them up next week, even if even if you have a challenging question or thought. Um, I know it's hard to look at one's parenting style and question it and challenge yourself. Parenting's hard. I know it is. It's the toughest job we have. In, in some ways, it's the most thankless because people aren't people are really more critical of parents than anything, which is unfortunate because parents are good. Fundamentally, most parents are really good. They just weren't taught skills on how to be a parent. You know, it's not in, it's not in classes. We don't get it in classes. That's it for this week. You have a wonderful week, and I ask that you maybe look at things with a little different perspective. And learn to listen. You all take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Make Life Work. Please join your host, Kathy Ellis, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until our next show, try to see your life and world through a new perspective.